Well, well, if it isn't Daw Nation, how you guys doing? My name's Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Behind the Daw. What is Behind the Daw? It is a podcast where I interview music producers, artists, music industry experts, people of that nature on an emotional, philosophical, artistic, and music business basis. This is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In the Daw, where we invite producers to come and dissect their songs in real time. So if you are interested in that, there is a link in the description. We've recently had people like Tynan, Slumberjack, Culprit, Elliot Berger, Fabian Mazur, Julian Gray, people like that. So make sure to check that out. Also, there are a couple links down in the description. Number one is the Patreon. If you want us to keep bringing you these episodes forever, for free, go ahead, check out the Patreon. It helps sustain us. It's the lifeblood of this channel. It starts at $1 a month, and we also live stream every single episode we ever do to our patrons. So if you want to be a part of the episodes way before they come out and ask questions and meet the artists, go ahead, check that out. Second link is for suggestions. If you want to suggest someone to come on the show, go ahead and click that link. The third link is for private lessons. If you want private lessons in electronic music production or in social media marketing, click that link. The next one is a free consultation. If you want to enter to win a free 20-minute social media marketing consultation, click on that link. And then finally, we are going to talk about a few books in this episode. So if you are interested in them, there are going to be the links for those books in the description. So who are we interviewing today? Today we are interviewing Kara. Now if you don't know who Kara is, go ahead and go to Splice and look at the top sample packs on there. She has the top vocal sample pack on there. Absolutely, like it's one of the best packs I've ever heard in my entire life. She's a singer, songwriter, and vocal producer. She's written and recorded songs with people like Seven Lions, Cruella, Breathe Carolina, Loud Pack, Garth Emery, Darude, Culture Code, Unlike Pluto, Say My Name, Trivecta, and so many others. I mean, it's incredible how many people she's collaborating with. She's had releases on Lily Palace, Spinning, Monster Cat, Armada, Dim Mac, Universal, and Hospital Records, as well as so many others. And again, like I mentioned, she has some of the best vocal sample packs on Splice. Actually, if you're interested in that vocal pack, I'll make sure to include it in the links in the description. What are we going to be talking about today? What can you plan to learn? We're going to be talking about how you need to be fiercely devout to your passion and how you need to be so motivated that nothing can stand in your way, no matter what. We're going to talk about how there is no rest in giving up and there is no reward in giving up. We're going to be talking about how how we come pre-coded with certain talents and skills and desires that will help lead us into becoming the people that we are meant to be. And we're going to be talking about how to not let the past consume you when you are doing songwriting so that you can talk about the past, but not let it consume you. If you like this episode, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, repost, follow, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening on, like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Deezer, YouTube. You know, it just helps us know that what we're doing is moving in the right direction for you in the way that we need to, so that we can help you become the people, the producers that you need to become. And then finally, I'd highly encourage you to check out the episode that we did right after this. It's a bonus episode that we did with Kara, where I do a social media marketing consultation with Kara. We go through her Instagram. I give her some tips and tricks. It's going to be the episode right after this. If you're listening to this on the day that it's released, it's going to be released on the Monday right after. This episode will be released on a Friday. So the social media marketing consultation is going to be released on the following Monday. But with all that said and all that out of the way, Daw Nation, I want to introduce you to Kara.
want to welcome everyone to this week of Behind the Dog. We are honored. I don't even know how this happened, like how lucky we are to be able to have her on. But we have Kara here. Kara, say what's up to Dawn Nation and tell us an absolutely embarrassing story about yourself. <laughs> what's up, Dawn Nation? Thank you so much, Wyatt, for having me here. I'm super stoked to be talking with you guys. So let's see, an embarrassing story. The first thing that popped up in my head, it was back in college. It was probably my senior year of college. I went to Nashville. I went to a school called Belmont University for a music business degree. And I was actually the intern for the president of Warner. So I was in his office for about six months. I am a very eclectic, like artistic person, creative person, and um, not meant to be in an office. And one day I showed up in an outfit that my supervisor didn't approve of. And she actually sent me home to change my shorts because they were too short. And I was wearing too crazy of like clothing. And it was really embarrassing, kind of like describes me as a person though. And I just kind of think back on it and laugh. But at the time I was mortified. Did they call you out in front of everyone or did she like pull you aside? You know what I mean? <laughs> she pulled me aside and she was like, you know better than to like wear that in the office and, you know, blah, 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 go home and change. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's, okay, that, that opened up the floodgates. Let's just dive into the deep end. So the first deep question I have for you is, do you feel like producers treat vocalists well? Like, honestly, truly, do you feel like producers treat vocalists well? Okay, so my honest um, opinion is yes and no. I have had many situations that have been absolutely incredible. Um, it's more so the people that I feel like are really like respectful of art as a whole and, and they see vocals as, you know, an equal part of creating a final product. Um, I've had many, many, many situations of producers not training me fairly. And, and it's a real shame because that kind of puts like a really bad taste in your mouth um, in terms of wanting to move forward in the industry and thinking, you know, like it, it really like disheartens vocalists when they have to jump through all these hoops. And when people make them feel like they're lesser of a collaborator in, um, you know, a certain situation, I I always think that vocals are, you know, an equal part of the finished product, sometimes even more of an important part of it, because, you know, the vocals, the lyrics, the melody, that's what people really remember when they're going to shows. And that's what they're singing out. So yes and no. In the beginning of my career, it was more leading towards no, because I was fighting every single day to prove myself. And I had to agree to deals that weren't fair, or I've gotten screwed over plenty of times, disrespected plenty of times. But now that I'm in a place where my career is starting to come together, um, I'm in a position of power, people respect me more. And I would love to know, I mean, if, if you feel comfortable talking about it, what has been a situation where a producer did not treat you well? Obviously, I'm not going to throw out names. Good. Yeah. Don't um, throw out names but... more. So yeah, just, just an instance. <laughs> you know, I've had um, a situation where I had a song and it was my original song. It was, I wrote it on the piano. I had it recorded. It was my song. And um, I sent it out and it got, you know, placed with a friend of mine. And then later on, another DJ duo was put on the song. So, you know, at the time I was, I was working a part-time job. I didn't have any money. I was pretty desperate for opportunity. We agreed to a very small fee for, you know, for my work, maybe like two or like three days before the song came out. They just, you know, emailed us and they were like, we're not paying you the fee anymore. It's either your feature or the fee. Really, like I need the money. I was thinking like in terms of 
I'm, I need to survive at this moment. So I decided to go with the feet. And later, it turned out that they knew that the song was going to radio. The song was like one of the top, like top spinning like songs on BPM radio. And, and my name wasn't on the song. So I wasn't eligible to collect performance royalties on the song. So I basically um, got screwed out of thousands of dollars on that track when you know, it was my original work. I did not get the feature and I got paid a really, really, really small fee for it. And it was a lesson learned because I actually didn't know that was a rule that you had to have your name on it in order to collect performance royalties. I thought you just had to be on the song. So, so that's a lesson learned. So how did you react to that? Were you just kind of like, had had to bite the bullet or like? Yeah. Um, unfortunately I had to bite the bullet. Um, their management was not very nice to me. I don't think they respected me at all. And and it, and it shows. And in some of the stories of that I've heard that other people have had with their experiences with them. And um, it's just one of those things where my manager always says, is it worth it? Like, think of the bigger picture. And at that time, I was obviously distraught knowing that I could have made thousands of dollars off the song when really I made none. It, it was one of those bigger picture things. So something I had to move on from because when you're working in the music industry and you're distracted by, by emotions and things like this, it really can um, backtrack you and um, hinder you from moving on to the bigger and better thing. You know, you mentioned something a, a couple minutes back about how, you know, the the lyrics are what, it's like the lifeblood, right? It's the lifeblood of the song. And I mean, funny story, when I was in psychology class, I had to do a, a survey and I interviewed a bunch of people. And, you know, I was like, do you listen to music for the sounds or do you listen to it for the lyrics? And interesting, like after a bunch of interviews of what I found out is the sounds, the instrumentation is what brings people, but the lyrics is what is what makes them stay. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it, it's like, it's the human element that it's, you know, it's missing prior and it's something that connects us even further. Like, I feel like, I feel like the human voice is just a deeper connection than you can get with an you know, a synthetic sound. Why do you think that is? Why do you feel like the human voice is is the thing that kind of draws you in so much? I just feel like we're all spiritual beings and we have a lot of like power and emotion in our voice. And I think it's a way of people to connect with others that they don't know personally. It's just like a tool that people can use. And it's an outlet that a lot of people kind of look for in like an emotion or situation, just like knowing other people are going through the same like situations as you are. Just like hearing like a really cool tone is exciting to our senses. Do you know who Trivecta is? Oh, yeah, of course. I have uh, a song with him. Actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Never mind. Chances are I have a song with him. <laughs> yeah. So um, Sam and I, uh, he was the very first person we had on the podcast. And we talked about this concept of why when you put vocals in a song, it just adds that layer of like connection in that layer of, of just I, I, it's so hard to explain. And so what we what we came up with in and to add on to your answer to kind of another piece of the recipe so to say is that unlike a survival sense we as humans we love to work in tribes we love you know the whole tribalism type of thing and so whenever we hear something that that is human related 
that is something that we already like. It just, it's, it's, it's like safe. It's like home. I, I totally agree with that. And I think people look to have something to listen to and to learn from and to connect with. And, and I think um, the human voice, like music in general is something that everybody gathers around, like you said, like tribe-like to celebrate life and things of that nature. Exactly. So I completely exactly. agree. So when you were talking about, you know, like your manager and your business decisions of, of what you've done, to be honest, like, like you have been a case study of mine as far as like on the on the business side, just because you crank out content more than anyone I've ever seen on the musical side. Like I'm serious, every Friday in the my release radar on Spotify, <laughs> there is one of you or a feature or a remix of someone doing your song. So like, how do you how like how do you crank I mean, out that much I mean, content? You you also don't even realize the songs that I'm actually writing and vocal producing too that that don't have my name on it. There's like a whole plethora of uh, <laughs> of content out there that a lot of people don't even know I'm involved with as well. The reason the reason why, you know, how I'm able to do this is really because of my personality. Like I was raised a very very hard worker and for me things never came easy. So I just have this work ethic instilled in me that I'm just go 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 and I have to be um not necessarily have to be the best at everything, but the best for myself. Like I'm always trying to challenge myself and I like a challenge. And and I'm not precious with my voice. I really, really like to work with people of all genres. And I like to be on the back end side, just like vocal producing other singers. And I like to be a creative director. And I just love, I just love every part of it. And that's why I am able to discipline myself to be able to crank out that many songs. Have you ever read the book, um, The Traveler's Gift? No, actually, I- I'm not a big reader. That's something I'm trying to work on. But if you recommend it, I will definitely check it out. I don't recommend reading to anybody. Reading sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend listening to to books like Audible to and book. stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I can do that. But most of the time, at least what I've found from people in our industry, you know, producers, songwriters and that kind of stuff, it's just so hard to sit down and focus and read, but to listen. I mean, that's what we're natural at. And so to listen to books. Anyways, and so I'd highly encourage you to check out The Traveler's Gift. But the reason why is because, just to give you a little backstory. And so for the listeners who's listening to this, um, if you want to find out more about it, there will be a link in the description of this podcast so that you can partake of it. But it's 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 literally like the book that I attribute like my entire life changing to. Like it's it's incredible. And one part of it, the protagonist, the good dude. The good guy. The good guy. <laughs> he was talking to Christopher Columbus. So the guy is from the future and he tells Christopher Columbus and he's like, hey, I just want you to know like you will find you the new world. And Christopher Columbus says, like, I know, honestly, you didn't even have to tell me that. And he's like, how did you know? And he's like, because I already have my mind made up. I'm going to work as hard as I need to. I'm going to do everything I can. And I'm either going to die or I'm going to make it. There is no in between. There is no alternative. And that's what I'm getting from you. I relate to that so hard. You have no idea. Um, I think for me, it was a challenge because um, like I mentioned before, I did go to school in Nashville. And obviously, like where I grew up in New Jersey, like music wasn't like an option. Like that's not a career choice. Luckily, I had parents that believed in me so much that they actually recommended I go down the music business route so that I can at least like figure out, you know, what to do there. And and to be honest, I kind of like, not that I lied to them, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll find a job. I'll find a job. And then I came out to LA and I was like, hey guys, I'm going to start writing. <laughs> 
And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they're like, how are you going to do that? I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. Like that's all I'm called to do. And now I'm literally working on some of like the biggest EDM projects like in the industry, some pop projects, some vocal producing, which I never thought I would do. So it's it's an exciting um, journey. It's, it's hard, but it's exciting. I can feel it. The listeners can feel it. You know, just your passion, your, your pure drive, you know, your whenever something comes in your way, you're like, well, like, I just want to let you know that I'm going to punch you in the throat if you get in my way. Like, I, I don't want to, but I will. Like, if you... That's like so me because it is one of those things where like I am honestly the most fun loving like sweet person. I'm very generous. Like I love I love people. But when it comes to business, especially after these like almost five years of like being in the trenches, like I just don't put up with any BS anymore. <laughs> and so I will punch you in the throat. But it's not because it's my fault. It's because of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> out of any form of art, because you are an artist, you love to create art, you love music. I mean, out of any form of art that you could have created in the music industry, why songwriting? Why vocals? Why that for you? Honestly, just because that's what comes naturally to me. My mom's a voice teacher. And so I literally grew up with my mom giving lessons in the house every day, you know, while everyone's parents were out at work, you know, I was listening to music. And so I just fell in love with like that art. There, there's just no explanation for it. And once I started getting old enough and started exploring other artists, like I just found that my obsession lied in the voice. So any type of like cool voice or tone or anything, like I would literally sit on my computer and try and like replicate other artists' voices and, and try and find my own. And, and that's kind of how I came to my sound. And it's just something that I think about <laughs> from the second that I wake up. And that's kind of why my boyfriend pushed me to learn how to vocal produce. I was very afraid to to sit in that chair and to really get on the on the computer and learn how to do it myself. But once I did, I was like, wow, I'm actually really good at this. It's just a, it's just a natural instinct, a passion that I've always, always had. What's something as far as like in the music industry that maybe something that you're super interested in, but it doesn't come naturally, something that you would have to work towards? What's something like that? Well, I'm kind of fine myself in a like kind of managerial A&R chair a little bit. And that's not something that has come naturally or like thought like, oh, well, I can I can do this. So my cat's meowing in the background. That's so funny. Um, no, so it's not something that I, I thought I would do. But the deeper that I get into vocal production, the more I'm actually kind of like developing other top liners. And so I'm, I'm really interested in becoming, you know, either a manager one day or an A&R to my own label or, uh, or something in that nature. That takes like a lot of years of like practice and like really like meeting people and communicating and like figuring out the music industry. So it's not something that would come naturally to me, but it's, it's starting to be introduced into my life. Kind of leads into our music business tip for this weekend. So usually I do have the music business tip, but Kara here went to Belmont University and she got a degree in music business. So let me ask you this, Kara. So what do you feel like is a music business tip that we can give to the listeners that's like the producers or songwriters and musicians that are coming into the scene right now? They're trying to break through. You know, like, what is the tip? You know, like just like a really solid tip, really actionable tip that you can give them that's going to help them along their journey. Yeah. Well, first off, let me start by saying like, I, I'm like super grateful for my college experience, but I don't really feel like I learned much in the classroom. I feel like everything that I've acquired 
was through life experience. So I don't think it's absolutely necessary for people to go and get a degree. So that's my first thing. I would say my biggest music industry tip is just knowing your worth and finding your voice, not not necessarily your actual physical voice, but like creating your story. Because once I um, once I moved out to LA, like I met with this really really big producer. He founded um, the Jonas Brothers, and um, he was part of my management team. And I'll never forget like what he said. He's like, "You need to you need to create your story. You need to find what you want to say. Like you need to have something to say." And that goes for being a manager, being a lyricist, a writer, a producer, like you need to know what who you are confidently. And then once you know that, everything starts falling into place. And that takes that takes years and years and years of practice of of failing of all of that stuff. So find what you want to say, what you want to communicate with people and and put out in the world. Got it. And what is what is your story? Who are you? I feel like I am I'm so many things, but I feel like I'm finally stepping into this kind of uh, magical energy that embodies a leader, that embodies strength and guidance for people. And I, I know that I want to help people through my music and my story. That's why I do my Advice by Kara videos on um, Instagram. And that's why I'm starting to write about really, really deep things in my music instead of just writing like the fun pop stuff that that's, you know, what I, that's all I knew how to write. A couple years ago, um, I feel like I'm having more life experience and meeting more people with other stories that I can actually like channel through my own art. It's such a hard answer to question. Like, I like who am I? Like, there's not like one word that I can say. It's just I feel like I'm I am so many things and so many people. And through my like life experience in LA and meeting so many people with different struggles and backgrounds, I've kind of like took all of that on in my own art. Donation. Something that I do want to point out that it, I want to point out to you is that success leaves clues. And you know that's something I've said on the on the podcast before. Success leaves clues, so that you can look at other people and you can see what they've done. They always leave clues, even if they don't want to. That you can always leave clues, and that also completely applies to finding out who you are and what you stand for. Yourself is leaving clues constantly of who you are and what you stand for. And it's it's really important to listen to yourself. Listen to how you mentioned earlier like we're we're spiritual beings. We already kind kind of come pre-coded to to with our potential and who who we can become. And so we are trying to it's kind of it's kind of paradoxically us trying to tell us who we are. And to kind of like go off of that, when people ask me like advice and the first thing that I always say is to take care of yourself and and take care of your health. Because when you're healthy, when your mind and your spirit and your body are all in in a certain like synergy with each other and you're and you're happy, like that's when that's when you know, that's when you're able to navigate this life. Swinging it back around to songwriting, you're listening to to your feelings, you're listening to yourself, you're trying to understand where the song wants to go or what you want to evoke at that time. I have on multiple occasions and and probably a lot more than I want to admit, but on multiple occasions, I find myself wanting to write or wanting to talk about things that are just way too painful, like boxes that I don't want to open up, rooms I don't want to go into. Do you struggle with the same thing? I have the 
say like, I feel like I struggled with that more so like a few years ago than I do now. Now, like my creative flow is is so like, is so advanced compared to what I was like writing back then that I'm able to like kind of control my emotions and turn things on and off and, and channel things in a different way, if that makes sense. And plus there's a, there's a lot of things that I've had Overall, I've had a really like a really great life. And so I haven't experienced like really, really deep pain. But I do write with artists that I have to like channel that and pull that out of them and help them like navigate that emotion. So if they're not able to write something, then I can step in and take on that, you know, that role for them. That makes sense. You literally become that that emotional catalyst for them, even though you haven't went through that. Yes. So that's, that's mainly what I, that's my, that's really my job, to be honest. Like there's lots of projects that I'm kind of creative directing where I have to do that. And I am a very empathetic person, so I can feel other people's pain. It it gets exhausting a lot of the time. And I do have to recharge. Like there are some weeks where I have sessions every single day and I'm like, okay, like I really need this week off so that I can just do my own thing and like be in my own bubble for a minute. So I totally understand where you're coming from on that end. And I'm just thinking, you know, if you, if you're taking on that role where you're kind of being that catalyst for those people, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, what if, you know, if someone's wanting to write a song, you know, about something extremely emotionally tumultuous, you know, like, let's say something is as is, is intense as like, like an abusive father or, or rape or something, something really emotional. And I'm thinking like, how do you not let that consume you? How do you let that into a point where you can utilize it to write a song, but you don't let it into attack like your personal space, so to say? I, I think it's really important to like have like boundaries, even with yourself. Like if I'm starting to feel that way, then I know that it's like time to take a break or go outside or go on my my deck or in the hot tub and like forget about it for a second and then revisit it. You need to like know your limits. Obviously, emotional writing like is extremely important. That's what creates art. But you can't you have to take care of your yourself. You don't want to like get to that point where you're unable to function. You know, it's really important to know your limits and to and to kind of ease that with something that makes you happy. Has there ever been a song or a project that you worked on that it was just too revealing? It was just too intimate. It was just too to almost sacred that you're just like, I, I can't. No, I've never, I actually never have, to be honest. Everything that I've written in my life has come from honest place in a place where we were eager to write about it and, and get it out in the world. So I really haven't had that experience. That's amazing. Do you know the rapper NF? No, I don't actually. You'd love him. His, his lyrics are incredible. But um, in one of his songs, he talks about, so he portrays like his mind as this mansion. And he talks about how certain rooms hold certain parts of his life and how there's this one room in the basement that he refuses to go down in. He doesn't let anyone in because inside of it, it's the lyrics of like his darkest days are written in there and he just, he doesn't want it to be touched. He doesn't want it to be tainted, anything like that. So do you have that kind of room in the basement, so to say? I feel like that room for me would be probably be my college dorms and my, you know, my my bedroom in like high school. Cause I feel like that's where, not that I had like a bad childhood. I had a really amazing childhood with amazing family, but I also felt very out of place. I was the black sheep. That was really the time when I was struggling to figure out why I was so emotional and like why I was, it was just because I, I, I'm a creative person. And like, I, I wasn't li- able to have a creative outlet in the sense that I do now 
And that's why I'm in a much different place emotionally. I actually went back to Nashville for a friend's wedding and I kind of like, I literally went back to my campus and, and I like had my like final goodbyes because I was like that, this was like, this was like the place where like, I felt like I was at my lowest. I had to like let go of that energy. I'm, I'm so grateful for what I learned here, but you know, this is, this is goodbye. (laughs) So yeah, I totally relate. Patrons, it is time for you to ask questions and to meet Kara. As a vocalist, when you receive a two from another artist to write to? What do you do to prep or finding a starting point when writing lyrics for a song? I basically take that track and I listen to it like 10 times. I'm like, okay, what is this? What is this telling me? What is this making me feel? Or like how, what is the instrumentation or the sounds? Where is that emotion sitting? For me, it mostly stems from like a word or a concept. And then I just build off of that. I myself am not a, I'm getting a lot better at lyrics, but I'm mostly melody driven. So what I do is that I get my instrumental and I I figure out all the melodies. Those are very instinctual. I sing out the melodies how I want it. And then it kind of stems from a word. That's kind of how, how my process is. But. Thanks, Leo. Appreciate that, man. Hugo, are you with us, man? Okay. So he says, hey, Kara, big fan of your work, especially your collab with Sober Rob on Supermoon. I wanted to ask you, what's the best way to send you a demo? Awesome. Okay. So, but the best way to send me a demo is through my manager because I kind of have to like limit myself to the amount of emails I look at because it kind of like cre- interferes with my creative flow. My manager's email is right on my Instagram at the top. So you can send it through there. Right now, I'm currently too busy to take on any more projects at the end of the year, but I'm going to open that back up next year in a few months. And my na- my manager is amazing. His name's David Lovett. And I'm so grateful to have him on my team. He will answer your emails. Shout out to David. And I can attest to that. He is the <laughs> one who set this up. I yeah. love him. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, amazing. he's so easy to work with. So can you think of a moment in your life that kind of sparked a dramatic change or yes. <laughs> changed your path towards your success in music today? Yes, I, I definitely do. So I have a lot of um, really great friends and I tend to um, like to hang out with friends that kind of have deep, like deeper conversations. I don't really like to go out and party that much. I have this one friend, his name's Steve. And about a year ago, he invited me to go to a Airstream in Malibu with me and my boyfriend, whose name is Reed. And so we went to this um, Airstream and we basically just like hung out um, all day and watched the sunset. I got to hang out with some other creative people and we got to just enjoy nature and and really like think about our life and our direction. And at that time, I wasn't very happy with where I was at. I knew that I needed to make a big change. And it was those friends that kind of like helped me like talk through like my next steps. My biggest thing that I changed that helped me and my path was nature, going out in nature and finding some like safe spaces in LA, which is a crazy city. And, and I kind of felt like I was going a little bit crazy because, you know, I, I grew up, you know, on the Jersey shore. Like I love the ocean. I love just being outside. So that along with taking Reed to Topanga Canyon at an Airbnb for his birthday, just a few months later, it was this Airbnb. And at night, everything lit up with lasers. And, you know, me and Reed were just like looking around and we we're just like, this is so beautiful. Like, why don't we live like this? And literally a few weeks later, we found the house that we're living at now. And 
we call it Laser Jungle Studios because <laughs> because it overlooks the entire canyon. And at night, we light everything up and we have a hot tub and we have two studios and it's just a space where people want to come in and create. And I think those are the experiences like getting out of the norm and doing something different is what sparked like this crazy idea that we can attain like a house like this because your environment is literally the most important thing to your creative process. If you're not, if you're cramped and you're not in like, like an environment that like has no like cool lighting or like anything like that, or like any sort of ambiance, there's not much that you can really be inspired by. So definitely those two moments that helped shape my future. And then finally, we got Zach Von Stone. Zach, are you with us, my man? He's listening in. Okay, I'm listening from work at lunch, so he can't talk. How do you get in the right mindset to record your vocals? I struggle going from singing mode to producer mode. Oh, that's a really great question. Um, yeah, it is kind of a challenge to, to turn one mind off and and click on the other. I think for me, because I do vocal produce other people, if I'm going to be singing, I have to be in my own bubble. Before then, I like to go outside, maybe meditate a little bit, like have time to myself, do a couple like breathing exercises, warm up and think about what the song needs because every the most important thing in a performance is the emotion behind the, the performance. And so when you're singing, you you really have to like separate that from like the technical stuff. So so don't get too caught up in oh like I sang that note wrong or I like can't seem to get the rhythm right on this. Just go through it a few times and just sing and don't let any distractions get in the way of that. Thank you, Zach, for asking that question. And Hugo has another little question. Do you work with small artists or do you only work with artists with a solid fan base? I, I've done both. Just because my career has kind of blossomed in the last year, I am taking on more of just like solid fan base um, projects and some of like the bigger projects just because I did have, you know, four years of work of just, you know, doing any opportunity that I can. So I am more selective nowadays. You know, I do have to um, charge fees for, for things like that. So I hope that answers your question. I have done both. I'm more leaning towards the, the bigger projects with more longevity in terms of a return from for my, my work. And so for the last question that I have for you is that I want you to picture a producer or a songwriter or a musician or of some sort, and they are on the verge of just quitting everything. The, the load is getting so hard. They're on the verge of just quitting everything, just throwing everything to the curb. If you were in that instance with them, what would you say to them to be like, no, don't give up? What would you say to them? Oh man, I have literally, okay, first of all, I've, I've been in that situation many times and I have seen friends go through that and I've actually have had these conversations before. I think my biggest thing is that this is a marathon. You have to think of the bigger picture. You're going to keep failing. You're going to have times where you feel like you're at your lowest. You're going to literally be so upset and crying one day and you're going to be on top of the world the next day. You have to be prepared for those ups and downs. And and it really, it just comes with practice and, and experience. And there, there's no reward in quitting. If you truly feel like this is your passion and this is your life's work and your intuition is calling you in this direction, then that is what you need to do. There's no other options in your life. So you need to 
just get yourself together and figure out what your next steps are. And I'm always there to help you guys along the way. That's why I do. Um, that's why I do my videos and, and share as much knowledge as I can, because I want people to know that everybody goes through the same things. Everyone is struggling in the same ways. And even people at the top that are killing it, that are making money, there are still struggles that come with that. Don't give up. There's always the light at the end of the tunnel. This is this is a process. You're just gonna have to go with the waves. There's no rest. There's no reward in quitting, guys. Really quick, we're gonna end this interview and then we're gonna get into uh, dissecting your social media. Kara, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Did you have a good time? Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I love I love just talking about like life like this and art, and I really would love to do this even more. So I appreciate awesome. it. Absolutely, we'll we'll be in touch in the future to get you on more of this. Patrons, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is really awesome of you to come. Hey, Daw Nation, hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Daw with Kara. I hope you got a lot out of it, and I hope that you have committed yourself to following your passion fiercely, devoutly, never giving up, realizing there is no rest, there is no reward in giving up. If you are interested in the Patreon, giving suggestions for artists to come on the show, getting private lessons, entering to win that social media marketing consultation, or any of the books that we talked about in this episode, there are links in the description. In fact, if if you're also interested in her vocal packs on Splice, there are links in the description that will take you to them. Again, if you like this episode, make sure to comment, subscribe, like, repost, follow, whatever is appropriate on the platform that you're listening on, like iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Deezer, YouTube. It just helps us know that what we're doing is what you need us to be doing. And then finally, I would highly encourage you to check out the last episode of In The Daw that we did with Henry Fong. That was a really good episode. We also did a bonus episode with him where we did a social media marketing consultation with him. So I'd highly encourage you to check that out. And I'd highly encourage you to check out the last 0.5 episode. I believe we did that 0.5 episode with Slumberjack, breaking down their song that they did with Troy Boy. Go ahead and check that out. But I also want you to check out the episode that is going to come after this. Again, this episode is being released on a Friday. The social media marketing consultation that I did with Kara will be released on the Monday right after this. So make sure to check that out when that comes out. But Donation, thank you so much for coming through this week and we'll catch you later. All right. Take care.